swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple <laughs> block. Yes. That guy's going to swing no matter where he is. Ace, it's over. Welcome to Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Steve Vale. Another show, another dollar, my friend. Dollar, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Here's the show lineup today. We'll recap Thursday night's win versus number 10 Grand Canyon. Can Gabby Garcia-Fernandez chase down Taylor Sanders' all-time ace record in this abbreviated season? Libero Mitchell Worthington is in this week's Cougar Conversation. Steve's wow moments of the week is 80s or 90s movie or TV show recommendation of the week. Hopefully you're following along at home. Where are they now? Featuring Brendan Sander, and we'll chat with Sean Olmstead about the rematch with the Lopes of Grand Canyon and the picture he has with Karch Cry from when he was little. What happened there? So let's get you updated. Last week on Saturday, BYU beat Pepperdine in four. All four sets decided by two. Then the Cougars stay number one in the AVCA poll. They go from two to tied for first in the media poll. I keep voting BYU number one. Homer, Gabby <laughs> Garcia Fernandez, MPSF Offensive Player of the Week because he had 833 last Friday. And then Thursday, two days ago, the Cougars played Grand Canyon, one and four. Now four and one on the season, Steve. Yeah, Grand Canyon, man, they are coming on. Those guys are ballers. They're big. They're physical. First couple, they split, and then BYU just kind of ran away with it the last couple. But, man, that was a fun match. Okay, going back to the first night against Pepperdine, then the second, then the first night against Grand Canyon, BYU played eight deuce sets, or decided by two, in a row. We've been doing this 13 years. I had not seen that. Yeah, that's really rare. And it's funny, there was a couple where it was like one team was up a bunch and was like, oh, we're not going to have a deuce set. And then all of a sudden they would just climb back I, in and there we go. 23 or 24 20 or something. And yeah. I said, this is going to be the one that's not. Nope, it was. Uh, it still was. <laughs> all three pin hitters, by the way, Thursday night, that is the two outside hitters in the opposite for BYU Gabby Garcia Fernandez, Davide Gardini, Zach Eschenberg. All had 10 or more kills and hit over 300 and combined for five aces. That was a great night for them. Oh, seriously. And that's the thing. BYU is just so talented all over the floor. They can hurt you from pretty much anywhere. And it was just fun to see everybody kind of get in the action and, and play really well. Grand Canyon's good. They're getting better. They're a little young, especially in the in on, on the pins with uh, Camden Gianni, MPSF freshman of the year last year, Christian Janke, uh, a sophomore. So once those guys are juniors and seniors, I, I think they will – potentially contend for the conference championship, Steve. They're getting better. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're, he's hard. He's so good. Gianni and Janky, both those guys have very, very live shoulders, just quick whips, and they're already playing very, very well. And as that volleyball IQ continues to blossom, yeah, you're right. They're going to be like unstoppable, I think, their uh, last couple of years. BYU found a little more pressure from the service line, which is good, and uh, that started with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who seemed to be more engaged, and what I mean by that is emotionally. He doesn't show a ton of emotion. He's like the most uh, well-spoken player on the team. We've talked to him in the last couple of matches. He addresses us both in the eye. Yeah. Very. He doesn't say um or like. He's right. very good at speaking. He showed more emotion. Kind of, he wanted to lead this team in a different way and sets three and four. And I think you're right. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. As good as he is, he also needs to lead. He has to be the guy to, to put the team on his back every once in a while and just lead them to the promised land, right? And that's the thing is he's being able to do that. And he recognizes that that's kind of his role. And, man, yeah, I saw just that fire. Just some of those times he'd get a kill or an ace. He was just like, you know, you, yeah, jump on my back. Let's go. Let's roll. Okay, round two tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Number one BYU, number 10 Grand Canyon. What do you expect? You know, I think uh, I think both coaches are going to try to adjust some things here and there. 
Uh, it seemed like Grand Canyon kind of fell off there toward the end. Either that or BYU just picked it up a ton. Um, so I'm actually really curious to see the adjustments that are made, uh, what they're going to be able to do to to bring it tonight. I still think BYU, if they play with that fire, I I I wouldn't be shocked to see a sweep. But it could also go five. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, 37 aces away from taking the all-time lead in BYU history from Taylor Sander. 15 matches left in the regular season. He needs about two per match to set the record. Will he do it? Guaranteed. Like I, the Guaranteed. More I, the more I, I think, it. The more I think about it, he had 56 in half of a year last year. Like, once he gets rolling, eh, I'm telling you, I mean, it, Grand Canyon passes well, and he's still got a couple on them. Like, I, I bet you he'll get my, – my thing is he's going to get probably – I'm going to say four tonight. Four tonight. Okay. Four. Steve calling a shot. Each week we're going to connect you with a former player in a segment called Where Are They Now? Today's guy is one of our favorites, Brendan Sander. What's up, Cougar Nation? It's Brendan Sander here. Ever since I graduated from college at BYU, I've been playing professionally overseas and also with the USA national team. My first year overseas, I played with a team called Lube uh, in Italy. And then my next two years, I played for a team called Charny Radom in Poland. I'm currently with this team in Charny Radom, and I love it. Playing professionally is amazing. It gets a bit lonely sometimes, but um, ultimately it's a great decision for me in my life. And my brother's also here playing in Poland, and so we have a great time playing against each other. And hopefully one day maybe we can be on the same team. So, yeah, good luck to the Cougars this season, and go Cougs. Living in Poland, actually played against his brother Taylor a couple of weeks ago, which is crazy, and uh, still doing it. He's fifth in kills in the rally era and attempts, third all-time in aces. He was a baller. He absolutely was. And that's he was like Taylor point two. They look so similar, <laughs> and their their mechanics are so similar. It was a little, literally like having eight years of Taylor play. He's so close. They could actually be like non-identical twins, I feel like. They're so good, both of them. I hope they play on the same team together. That would that be would really be so fun cool. in Poland. Pretty cool. Okay, coming up, we'll chat with head coach Sean Olmstead, and we get to know libero Mitch Worthington in this week's Cougar Conversation. This is Over the Top on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Over the Top. I'm Jerem Jordan with Steve Vale. A libero in volleyball plays a crucial role in the success of the team, in serve-receive and defensively providing digs. Sometimes you don't notice the guy when they do their job. BYU starting libero is Mitchell Worthington, the subject of this week's Cougar Conversation. In the land of the trees, what is it like to be a bush? Um, you know, it's, uh, I definitely stand out when we're all in a line there starting the game. You can definitely find me because I'm about a foot shorter than everybody else. But I mean, it makes me different. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's tough because everyone always says something about my size. But I mean, if I, if, uh, if I wasn't used to that, then I don't think I'd be where I am today. Listen, when I see you, I go... That's awesome, man. I didn't play college sports. Mitchell's out here digging balls, D1 on the number one team. What's that experience like for you, and did you grow up kind of wanting to play for BYU? Um, So I grew up playing baseball, and it wasn't until I got into high school that I switched over to volleyball. And and then shortly I realized that I, I I was short. Uh, even for for high school. And One day you woke up and you're like, "Wait, what happened?" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was the same size as everybody, but then they all grew and I didn't. 
Uh, but no, so I, I realized that I was short, and I, I realized that, and I, I was okay with that. And so I kind of figured out my role early on, and I learned that I was good at it. And so I just kind of kept going with um, my craft, kept um, working on it, trying to get as good as I can. And then it wasn't until my last few years that I realized that, hey, I, I really like this, and I want to keep going with it. And so I came to a BYU volleyball camp, and that was when I realized, okay, BYU is the place. That's where I want to go. What was it like when you first got a taste of, like, the, the serve at this level? Because I'm sure it was like, whoa, this is faster. Uh, well, I, coming in my freshman year, we had guys like Jake, Jake Linglois, Brennan Sanders, Ben Patch. These are Just guys, a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, a bunch of nobodies that are, you know, playing for the U.S., the <laughs> national team, a bunch of amazing volleyball players. And so I got a, I got a taste early on that this was going to be definitely a big step from high school. So... Okay, you're from Mesa, right? Yep, from Mesa, Arizona. I heard there's a few, uh, you know, BYU fans there. Uh, what was it like growing up there? And then there's a lot of uh, Mesaites here in Provo. Yeah, um, I mean, Mesa is a great area. It, it's definitely the Mesa Gilbert area is like the Provo here in Utah. So definitely a lot of members. It's a I, it's a great environment to grow up. And then uh, volleyball there, it's it's getting bigger. It's uh, it's growing, and it's super fun to watch people get better and better every year. The Arizona kid playing against Grand Canyon. What's that like? Uh, that was super fun. I, I have some buddies on the team, some guys that I played with in high school. On the team. Who? Uh, his name's Jacob Gerber. He wasn't here last yep. night. He, he got hurt. Yeah, he's a return missionary as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, we were, t- we, were, uh, we were players together in high school and on the same club team. Same high school? Yeah, same well, high school. What high school did you go uh, It's called Desert Ridge. Desert Ridge, gotcha. yeah. It's not Mountain View. You got to beat Mountain Mighty View. Mountain View, right? Mountain View or Mesa are the two that everyone knows about from Mesa. <laughs> but no, we were a newer high school. Um, my senior year, we went to the semis, um, and so we kind of made a name for for that school. But uh, but yeah, so we, we were we were teammates in high school, played on the same club team. It's called Spiral. Uh, and so and then there's been other guys as well that I played against in high school that have are on the GCU team and that are just really good volleyball players. What's it like in a match when you make a massive dig? And I guess I'm speaking pre-2021, where the crowd's in there and everything, because you play a very specific role, yet it fuels everything. Like, if you don't do your job, like, the play's over. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge thing. It's a, I mean, as a, as a libero, I can't really get a massive kill or a big serve to, like, uh, motivate my team. And so it's kind of tough because if I do get a dig and then we lose the point, it's like, okay, well, what I just did doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, it's still a, a huge motivational swing for my team to help them kind of get a little bit of energy, a little bit of uh, air underneath our feet to help us go to the next point. And how about the reverse of that? Like, if you do get the kill and the dig, everyone, like, kind of turns to you, right, when in the huddle? Yeah, it's it's exciting because they're like, okay, wow, like he did he did his job basically. <laughs> it's <laughs> hopefully it's not like that. I mean, yeah, it's not like that, but it's like, okay, great job. Like we, you got to you got the dig. We got to set. We got to kill. Like it kind of just it fuels the team to keep going. Like because especially uh, the other team, like when they get a big rip like that, they're expecting it to be a kill, mm-hmm. and then you get a dig, and it kind of just they're just like, oh, dang it, what the heck. And then for our team, it's the opposite. It's like, yes, let's go. We get the kill, and now we just keep going. 
You do have one kill, I believe, right, in your career? Do you remember when it was? Nah, it was uh, against Hawaii. I can't remember what set. It was the second night against Hawaii, but I am one for one hitting a thousand. Last year? Yeah, last. Year. You had a kill in the in the second Hawaii match. Yeah. Man, that was that whole. I mean, sequence was epic. The yeah. two games, right? Those were some fun fun nights to play volleyball. Yeah. Who didn't have a kill on the team that maybe didn't play that you're like, dude, I had a kill. Did you have a kill? Oh, you didn't have a kill? Interesting. Um, I mean, everyone got a, everyone got a kill that night. I so. mean, like on the bench. You're like, oh, on the bench. You're like, oh hey, Gab, what's up? Uh, I had a kill. Did you have a kill? <laughs> what were you doing that night? I had a kill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a fun night to play volleyball for sure. And you share this responsibility with Zach Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been a starter at points. I imagine that you guys battle every week, and it's like, hey, you got to keep this job, right? Yeah, it's definitely. I know he's a great libero. He's a, he, and we're, we're good friends off the, off the court as well. And so it's like, like I know that if I'm not doing my best, then I know that he's going to come in and do a great job. So it's, it kind of it helps me relax, be able to play my best, knowing that he's going to come in and also do a great job. Well, there was a social media post, a Mitchell Worthington fist pump appreciation post. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that I that I'd do the, the fist pump a lot, <laughs> but uh, now that we posted that, I am noticing myself do it pretty much every point. So Listen, you notice. That's the idea, right? Exactly. I mean, it's hard not to notice I me. Mean, I have a different color jersey on. Right. That's unique, right? <laughs> and when there's a great dig, Steve and I like to point that out. So I want you to know that we love a good dig, too. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. well, awesome. Mitch, Mitchell, uh, we appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thank you so much. It was, it was awesome being out here with you, Jerem. Cougar conversation with Mitch Worthington. It, you don't notice the libero a ton unless he does something great or egregious. But uh, Mitch is becoming a better libero. I think he's taking a step forward this year. Yeah, and like he said, uh, Zach's a great libero, and to take that spot from him, he's obviously doing something right. And you're right, though, about liberos. They don't get a whole lot of credit, and typically you only notice them when they do something not good or they don't do their job the way they're supposed to. But typically, if you're not noticing libero, that means they're awesome and they're doing their job. (laughs) Mitch has 27 digs this season, second on the team, too. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, which is a bit surprising, just ahead of Davide Gardini, a few more than Zach Eschenberg. Buick does have good defensive pin hitters as well, so that helps Buick is able to get that ball up. Yeah, it's huge. That's that's like uh, there's you know Chris McGowan used to talk like to talk about uh, creates converts, and that's that's a big thing to be able to create that opportunity. And whether they get it or not, it's still kind of a good momentum push to be able to get that ball up on a on a big swing or something. Okay, you can watch Mitch and the Cougars tonight, nine Eastern, six Pacific on BYU TV. Number one BYU, number ten Grand Canyon. Okay, Steve says wow a lot during matches, so naturally it's time for. This is Steve's Moments of the Week. Okay, what do you have, Steve? So there are a couple. One, the fact that Arizona is 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 coming on as a, a, a state that has some awesome volleyball players, and we saw that with Grand Canyon. They came out, and those some of those guys can absolutely bomb. And within that, another wow moment was uh, Camden Gianni, that, that little thing that we did covering his story from – Almost dying on the court and then coming back and becoming basically the you know Grand Canyon's biggest weapon. That was awesome. I, that was yeah. Twenty nineteen, he has cardiac arrest. Uh, Life saving procedure happens with him. He, he gets surgery, 
They have a little microchip in them now, the, the number one hitter for Grand Canyon. Just an incredible story. And it wasn't like he was uh, you know, a fringe player on the team, and it's just awesome that he's around. He was the MPSF Freshman of the Year. He's legit. Which is, yeah, which is huge, right? Freshman of the Year. And watching him Thursday night, and I'm excited again for tonight to, to watch this kid because he is a baller. Um, and then the last one, it's funny because we talk about Mitch. Right before you started talking about the fact that we were going to be uh, interviewing him this week, he just made some amazing digs uh, early on in that match that were just like big time bombs coming at him, and he just kept making plays. And like right after that, you're like, "Hey, we're going to be talking about Mitch," uh, you know, interviewing him. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Like, good timing. Could, yeah, absolutely, great yeah, timing. That's called great producing. That's what I said. <laughs> hey, at this point of the match, I need you to make a uh, a good dig. That's why you are who you are. That was Steve's. Oh. Moments of the week. Indeed it was. As we go to break, here's today's trivia question. Last season, the Cougars traveled back east to play a team in a town that hosts a pickle festival every year. What city and state was that in? We'll tell you after the break. Last season, the Cougars traveled back east to play a team in the town that hosts a pickle festival every year. What city and state was this in? The answer, Mount Olive, North Carolina. There were a ton of Cougar fans that showed up from all over the south. It was an awesome experience. Sean Olmstead was there, and I know I was impressed by Cougar Nation showing up. It almost feels like five years ago since we don't have more than family in the stands during the pandemic. But Sean, who we now uh, have on the program, that weekend was a special one. Going all the way to Mount Olive, North Carolina, having uh, the number two team in the country at that time go there, that was pretty cool. Uh, I Honestly, I've said it before. You know, We played in sold-out arenas in Hawaii and and in Provo, Utah, uh, in my career, both with the men's and women's teams, uh, that's probably right up there in my top three. You know, just the experience of the weekend and the Cougar fans coming from all over back there to just support our guys. I mean, it, it was unreal. It was so cool. In the most random place, Mount Olive of all places, you know. Uh, but it was, it, it, for the guys, the guys were just, could not believe it and we brought all the fans in and took pictures and you know there was fans at our hotel i I mean what an experience to just go play volleyball in north carolina you know and that's that's what we were looking for when we scheduled that match and a lot of people were like you're traveling there to play mount olive and we got uh, so much more out of that experience you guys are like rock stars it was worth every penny. It was awesome. That's like Alabama playing against Weber State. I'm, de- I'm dead serious. Like if Alabama played yeah. Weber State in football, that's what it'd be like, which is pretty cool. Let's rewind yeah. back to Thursday. Uh, Four-set win versus Grand Canyon. You end up playing eight due sets in a row. That- that's gnarly. I-, I haven't seen that in a long time. First two sets were split. Then you won by seven and five. What changed in those last two sets? You know, we we um, I thought I, I felt like we started to put a little more specific serving pressure. We went after certain targets in in certain situations. Also, our defenders. You guys were talking about defense. We we gave them a little feedback in terms of kind of what they were seeing uh, as the rally was unfolding on the other side, and just giving them the liberty to kind of make a, make some moves in terms of uh, the attackers from GCU. And we, we saw, like, immediately some big plays there where our guys weren't stuck in what we call kind of our base defense. We, we always give them the option to read a little, 
but uh, you know, we we really gave them the liberty and told them like, hey, kind of start moving this way. You know, you see this set, you see this angle of approach. We really need to start moving over there, and we did, and we got a few good touches. And then their hitters are really they're they're great. Yeah, I heard what you guys were saying about those guys, and you're spot on. But then if you saw they tried to do a little too much, you know, because we were making those touches and you know some balls out, some balls in the in the net, and that kind of turned things for us. I thought also, uh, you know, Gabby always plays well, but it seemed like toward the end of that match on Thursday, in the last couple of games, he kind of turned it up a little bit and got a little more emotional, a little louder a little more angry, it seemed like, and started to kind of go up another level. Did you feel like that as well with him? No, yeah. And Gabby's done a really nice job kind of becoming an on-the-floor uh, leader. Gabby's always – he's one of those players, like, you know, he shows up, he's going to do what Gabby does. Right. You know, and but he's definitely, you know, invested a lot more um, just overall kind of emotional emotion towards towards his teammates and helping his teammates out. And you see that. You see that in the back row defensively. Yeah. You know, he, he's involved in every play. Dude, he's leading the team the with digs. It's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. And, and I've told the guys that's, that's been the change for us. You know, when Gabby makes some digs, it's like, all right, okay, we're, uh, <laughs> here, here we go. But, no, he definitely was like, you know, he was a little frustrated, like, come on, boys, let, let's go. And uh, he, he just, you know, stepped up an, another level. And Gabby has that in him. I also felt, uh, and, and we've, we've been working on this, um, you know, there was a, uh, a little phase where we were trying to look at some, some of the speed to the, to the right side. And, uh, you know, Gabby just, we just need to go let him do his job. And sometimes, we're, sometimes as coaches, you overthink things that are actually in reality very simple. <laughs> hmm. And, uh, so just getting a ball up in the air, up in space for Gabby, he'll do the rest. He'll make good swings. He'll move the ball around. It's an international arm. It's not an arm you get to see very often. Let him go use that. We're talking with Sean Olmstead, head coach of the BYU men's volleyball team here on Over the Top. Round two with Grand Canyon, and then you're going to go to Phoenix and play Grand Canyon again next weekend. So this is two of four almost. I feel like yeah. uh, you know we're going to have aggregate scoring to determine the champ or something to advance <laughs> in Champions League. But anyway, <laughs> um, what adjustments after a win like this, if any, do you have to make when you feel like, okay, that worked? How much are you adjusting from one night to the next when it's the same opponent? No, we're, we're still adjusting because there's things that, that unfold that, as coaches, I always believe we can be a little more efficient, a little, uh, a little smarter in some of our decisions. And I, and I thought that, you know, for the, through the first two sets, uh, I thought our attackers at times, uh, to be honest with you guys, uh, I, I think that's the fun part of this show is I'm, I'm, I'm very open with you guys sharing whatever you guys want. Um, I felt our attackers tried to do a little too much in some certain situations, you know, um, Eschenberg tried to do a few too many things on, on trouble sets, on bad sets. Uh, even Davide went for some shots that just really weren't there in, in certain situations. So we've got to make those adjustments. We've got to play a lot cleaner. You know, through, through two and a half sets, you know, we were really not making great decisions offensively. And so that's an adjustment we've got to make. And, and they're going to adjust and be ready for certain things. So it's going to be it's kind of fun now, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting to play these guys four times in a row because I think it's a little bit of a chess match. What are they going to do? What are they going to change? What, what are we going to do? And, and just kind of see how it unfolds. Okay, I wanted to ask you a big-picture question here, the role of volleyball in your family. Uh, your sisters, yeah. of course, played in college, uh, you know, 
what Lacey at BYU and Heather uh, at Utah State. Of course, you played at BYU, all you know, liberos. Heather's the women's volleyball coach at BYU. You're the men's coach uh, at BYU. Your dad, Rick, is a legendary ref in Southern California. Was volleyball always a thing in your family? Yeah. I mean, it was. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad, I've got those pictures uh, in my office of, of Karch Karai when I was three months old, maybe two months old, holding me up when Santa Barbara High School won uh, won the state championship, you know, with Karch Karai. And I've that got, is so cool. I've Have got, you tried to I, recreate that now, by the way? that's amazing i should that would be hilarious i want to see the actual picture yeah i got them you guys can check them out and i've got some another cool one of the coolest photos in volleyball and even even karch didn't know i had it and i sent it uh with one of our guys to to irvine over the or anaheim when they were training and just said hey i've karch signed this i sent karch a, a an email saying hey i'm sending you this picture we sign it and just uh, give it back to my guy. I want to frame it, but it's Karch running this X play. He's just way off the ground. Oh, so cool! Packed house in Santa Barbara High, and there's my dad on the bench. You know, full beard oh, and my uh, gosh. Karch is like, "Hey, Sean, I need the original. I've never even seen this photo." Um, <laughs> and I just remember watching and interacting with guys like Randy Stoklos and Tim Hovland, and oh, I was gosh. like, "Okay, these." dudes are bad these dudes are bad a you know and uh and there it went i i didn't start you know of course we always played volleyball but really getting serious about it i mean i didn't start until i was almost probably sixth seventh grade you know and that's that's maybe a little late in the volleyball family because i didn't want to you know i didn't want to do it and then those moments i was like all right yeah this is awesome well, it's it's been a fun ride and it's going to keep going, which is awesome. The uh, the the volleyball ride. We're going to have to get that picture on BYU TV. Maybe we'll for get real. it for you today and put it up on the uh, match yeah. tonight. But yeah, Sean, round two with Grand Canyon tonight, nine Eastern on BYU TV. We appreciate time as always. Yeah, thank you guys for everything. And and I don't usually uh, watch the broadcast. I've told you that, Jaron. But uh, that night I couldn't sleep on Thursday night. Just just my thing. And I watched. And I I just want to tell you guys, dude. Your production and what you guys do, it's so freaking good. It's so good. Thank I, you. I just, You're kind. The, wow, the way you guys vibe, the things you guys talk about, I, it's entertainment at its best. And I, I, I thank you guys for uh, treating us right and doing such a remarkable job. And we didn't awesome. even pay you to say any of that. That's no, dude, thank we you. We tried That's to awesome. before and you wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm sitting there just laughing. I'm like, it's just, I laugh. It's it's awesome. Everything you guys talk about, the luscious locks, you know, the, <laughs> uh, the, the international flair, the things you guys throw in there, it's it's, it's awesome. It's so good. Uh, yeah, credit stud. to Harrison Collier and, and Dave Phillips and our crew. So that's uh, absolutely kind of you. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you'll watch some more, Sean. <laughs> okay, I will. Alright. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, man. See you guys. That's Sean Olmstead, head coach of the BYU Cougars. Again, we did not pay him to say that. Uh, time for our <laughs> 80s or 90s TV show or movie of the week, Steve. So yeah, I, uh, I I was thinking about this one just simply because uh, Ian McLean uh, from Grand Canyon, yeah. who unfortunately sprained his ankle, uh, but that dude absolutely brings it. He's got a very very live shoulder, so it made me think of John McLean and naturally and right and uh, so Die Hard came out in '88. Uh, My favorite Christmas movie. Yes. That's a a total thing, right? Is that a Christmas movie? I think it is. It's on Christmas Eve. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, no one knew who he was because he was just like this smart aleck uh, uh, guy from Moonlighting. And then all of a sudden he's like up there with uh, Sylvester Stallone and 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the action movie guy. But anyway, it's such a classic. Great, great show. Yeah, good pick. Love it. Okay, that'll do it for us. We'll be back every Saturday throughout the season. Saturdays, 2.30 Eastern here on BYU Radio. And, of course, on demand on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. For Mitchell Worthington, Sean Olmstead, producer Cole Wissinger, and Steve Vale, I'm Jerem Jordan. This has been Over the Top. 